0: The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute.
1: I'm the key Research and Development. Um, both companies are putting in place. Uh, okay, okay. okay, so that's their article. Actually, in yesterday's Times, which I printed out, but I left it in my car. So I, don't, I have to read it off my phone.
2: What is this, recent?
1: Yeah, this was this yeah, last week. This last, week. <laughs> last week. Okay, this is from, actually, November 7th, New York Times. Hyundai's fuel economy admission leaves some con- car owners cold. And they say, last Friday, following an investigation by the Environmental Protection Agency, Hyundai Motor Group admitted it overstated the fuel economy of 900,000 vehicles sold in the United States over the last two years. But for many Hyundai and Kia owners, the company is merely stating the obvious. There's been grumbling in online forums like Edmonds.com and others. Hyundai was playing games with EPA testing cycle. One reads, bought 2012 Elantra based on 33 miles per gallon average. After 1,000 miles, of it, I did not even get 23 miles per gallon. I've reported this problem to Hyundai and heard all excuses. Another reads, I've clocked 9,000 kilometers in the past 10 months. I've owned this car. I got an average 24 miles per gallon, which is nowhere near the figures quoted by Hyundai. This is false advertising through and through. Um... they quote all different types of hyundai dealers Um, people claim they took the car into hyundai and hyundai told them they don't know how to drive (laughs) and the elantra is rated 29 miles per gallon city 40 highway and 33 miles per gallon combined gordon said he and his wife were lucky to get 22 miles per gallon overall he called hyundai to complain they told me i don't know how to drive they were obviously working from a script because i got many emails people all across the country saying they were also getting 22 miles per gallon et cetera, So it's a long article. I'm not going to read all the complaints. Um, self-described local loyal Hyundai owner. He, he has had six or seven. He contrasts driving the Elantra with driving 2010 Chevrolet HHR. He said is rated at 20 miles per gallon, 30 30 highway. I get 25 miles per gallon overall, no matter what I do. On the highway, I get 30 miles. He said I hit the number on the mark. Uh, um, then there's one guy. found this interesting. Um, one guy said that the, actually the guy took him for a drive.
3: It's, it's weird because like I always thought that cars get certified by the EPA. Like, when you go and right. you look at that sticker, I, don't, I didn't realize right, that that, a that company,
1: was totally relying on the company. It's the first time the EPA ever tested cars. I because mean, it I seems really, like they I got so many complaints.
3: I really kind of want to point the finger at the EPA, because if you think that that's certified by the Department mm-hmm. of Transportation, not like, of course a car company is going to set it up into in zero, for them, zero yeah. gravity in and <laughs> whatever conditions to do it. I don't mm-hmm.
1: know. Actually, they... uh
4: tailwind.
1: <laughs> right, they actually... Hi. One guy, I have to be trying to find the dude. He said, this guy... Um, he was able to only achieve 21 to 22 miles per gallon with the Elantra. So he got 24 miles per gallon on his 2007 Eastern Center. He said he noticed the problem immediately after getting the car, and we'll see why this is relevant to our class. Every time he fills up, he notes his mileage and how much gas he buys. calculates the miles per gallon and enters the information into a spreadsheet. He also had the car serviced by Hyundai every six months. When complaining initially, he was told to give it another six months. He then said he could give it to 10,000 miles. When he took it in for the next service. He complained that even though was rated at 29 to 40 miles per gallon. He was getting only 22. Service technician told him there was nothing wrong with his car. He actually admitted, he said he admitted it should be 22, not 29 for city traffic. Uh, Mr. Coopersmith said he probably won't be quoted on that, but that was what he told me. Um, now, that what's interesting, and this is what's important to us, EPA did not leave, leave levy fines or sanctions against either Hyundai or Kia. Instead, Hyundai announced it would restate the fuel economy of the Elantra at 28 miles per gallon and 38 highway. Um, with a combined average of 32 which is only one or two miles per gallon less than before. That along with the rest of the settlement doesn't sit too well with some owners Um, because they're saying it's actually much lower. Um, One owner here says she figures she's losing $45 a month because of the difference between what the fuel economy actually is and what was advertised. Meanwhile, Hyundai is saying she might get $45 a year from the settlement. So their settlement By the way, I'm assuming, and I didn't see the actual settlement, the legal settlement, they're asking people to sign off, which means that they can't sue class-action lawsuit, I mean, any lawsuit. So she's saying, she's losing, this woman's claiming she's losing $45 a month. The Hyundai settlement would give her only $45 a year. Um, Mr. Gordon estimates, he's like, you get $55 a year under the settlement. What gets me mad is the EPA found out, they fudged on the test, and nobody got fined. Nobody at Hyundai lost their jobs. They sold 900,000 cars, fudging the MPG.
3: If okay. a company releases your earnings with that much air, it'll get slammed by the SEC, by any other government.
1: Obviously, oh, they don't. If they would,
3: if you, if you had a, if, if a company released earnings knowing that there was an error like that significant, the S.E.C. would slap. Like I mean, there would be huge. Right. I mean, the investors I mean, right. would be. But like the E.P.A. Like you know, they're not even. I'm it's just, it's just not even
1: sure the EPA can find, I'm not sure they have the ability. Who, does, it the, uh, who
3: does the testing
5: for
1: the gas? Wrote the because company,
5: company them themselves. The I assume every company has had the public guidelines. Or they have the same guidelines, otherwise these numbers are
1: moving. Well, obviously, I think the EPA has guidelines, but right. there's no, they're not enforcing them. That's the, po- that's the point. Here.
5: EPA is not enforcing them. Right.
1: Meaning they never, they've never tested a car, told us. Cars. Could be all of them or it yeah. happens to test this one so I'm not sure they tested it because of complaints yeah. they're not saying
5: yeah.
1: well, the Hyundai's claiming 3% right. um, other all the owners are claiming it's much more fun. saying an average 3% three, three anyway so first of all so th- the first thing to know is that there's a concept in Jewish law as we, and we, we discussed it in the past in different contexts in Jewish law is something called a mekach tot. literally the words mean mistaken sale as you see there in number 2 had the buyer been aware of the defect, he would not have purchased that item, the sale is retroactively voided. In Jewish law, if you purchase something, and there was a defect in the item you purchase, purchased, okay, um, and it's, the, the sale is automatically retroactively void, and we'll discuss the details, have it apply to this case. So the concept of what's called in, in Western law, caveat emptor, which means let the buyer beware, okay, that, that means that the buyer is the one that has to... Um, it has to... Uh, check out and do the investigation on the, on the item, and everything basically is, is based on him. It is obviously rejected, clearly rejected. We in Jewish law, okay. So all um, in in Western law, all sales items are presumed to be free of defect, okay. And therefore, I meaning it's your problem, it's the it's the buyer's problem to check it out, to do the investigation. In Jewish law, as we are going to discuss, it's very different. Meaning the the concept is. Um, anything that exists, even if the seller wasn't aware of it at the time, which in this case, Hyundai's claiming they, there was an error in their testing, so they claim they weren't aware of it. Th- it's irrelevant, as we're going to see. Even if the seller was not aware of it. So, for example, uh, someone is, uh, I don't know what the PC word is, flipping houses, uh, flipping real estate. Uh, is that the right word? Yeah, okay.
4: flipping houses. Okay.
1: Cool. So, uh, someone's buying uh, h- homes and then reselling them immediately, Right. Or so if they were not aware of the defect, okay, even if they bought the home, they themselves were not aware of it. It's still, still, in all the sales to the to then to the buyer is retroactively void, okay. And now the only thing the seller could do since he wasn't aware of it, was go back, press it to him and try to get get the money out of him. But he has to pay out the money. And again, the sale is totally void, even if he wasn't aware of the defect at the time. Um, since we discussed how we're gonna also. Connected as a Parsha, so we need to, of course, connect it to this week's Parsha. This week's portion is um, Parsha's told us. Okay, um, it's in Genesis chapter 25, and this is the famous story with Esau um, and Jacob, okay, in the Bible, where as we know, and they were born as twins, obviously very different, not identical twins, and uh, one of the things that happens after they grow up, the Torah talks we'll about. People.
5: What? Defect. default defect,
1: okay. defect. <laughs> yeah well we don't like to say that but actually that's a whole different discussion <laughs> it seems like he was born the Torah right away Gives him, says what's going to be which we don't like we like saying people have free will no one's born with an inherent defect but, but um, that's a whole different discussion more f- too philosophical for this class um, nothing's too philosophical but <laughs> not business ethics that's a, a more of a <coughs> theological question but anyway, as, it, as the story moves on and they grow up, so the first story the Torah talks about, it says as they grew up, um, Esav, um, Esau was actually born first, as we know. Um, he came out first, and therefore technically in Jewish law, he's what's known as the Bahar, the firstborn, which has special rights in Jewish law. The firstborn, um, usually in inheritance, gets a uh, double portion uh, firstborn? of um, Okay. firstborn. Um, so so uh, can't win them all. <laughs> So actually, in this case, what happens is so Esau born first, and at some point, and this is what I quote you in the verses: um, Esau sells his his uh, his firstbornship, so to speak, to his brother Jacob. Okay, um, so this is what the verses say. It says he came home one day from the field. He was hunting. He was very hungry, um, and he was uh, very tired. And uh, Jacob was cooking this bowl of. Uh, um, it's not clear what it was, red lentils red lentil soup, something like that okay, here the translation says pottage, not a good translation and Esau comes from the field, he says he was faint he wants, to, so Esau says to Jacob, pour me some of this red lentils, I'm, I'm tired and, and uh, Jacob says to him, I'll do it, no problem I'll give, you some, I'll give you the lentils but you gotta sell me your birthright okay, that was verse 31 so he wants to make a deal here so what happens? Esau replies, "Behold, I'm going to die. So what do I need this birthright? I don't need it anyway. It's worthless to me, it has no uh, no value." And Jacob says, "Swear to me as of this day so He swears to him, and he sells his birthright to Jacob. And then the verse continues: Jacob gave Esau bread and lentils, ate and drank, arose and left. And Esau despised the birthright. Okay. So what happens later? I not have. There's no room for the whole story here. But later on in the same in this week's Torah portion, um, as we know, Jacob ends up stealing. Or so to speak, uh, stealing his blessings, the blessings of uh, of that Esau, the firstborn was supposed to get, and uh, Jacob ends him and comes and ends up stealing the blessings. He tells, he makes believe he's Esau. He comes to his father Isaac, and Isaac, his Esau, gives him the blessings that are meant for for um, for Esau. Okay, and what happens is when Esau comes in after that, this is in chapter twenty-seven, um, verse. somewhere. When Esau comes in he realizes that Jacob stole his blessings, he's very upset, and he he says these words. I can find them. He said like this, and this is chapter twenty-seven verse thirty-six because um, Isaac tells uh, Esau but he said your brother came with cleverness took your blessing says, says Esau he said it's because his name was called Jacob that he outwitted me Hebrew the word is <laughs> he, out, he, he outwitted me twice meaning he tricked me twice he took away my birthright and see now he took away my blessings and then he says have you not reserved the blessing for me okay so basically he's saying um, he's accusing Jacob of tricking him twice the question goes back, what did he trick him? He sold him it was a legal deal. It's a nice contract here. He agreed to sell him the birthright. So why did why did, why is Esau accusing Jacob of tricking him that he sold him the birthright? Here he was. Um, he sold it to him it was a real valid contract, it was a valid deal. Mm-hmm. Sold it to him for a bowl of lentils. What was the problem? So what they discussed here and there's a lot of discussion, was this a case of technically maybe Mekartod, a place of mistaken sale, because Esau didn't understand, as he said in the verses here. He says, right, "What's this worth to me anyway? I'm going to die. What do I need this birthright? Um, there's no use for me." Actually, the birthright has a lot of use. First of all, he would have got these blessings. That's number one. Second of all, he—it actually part of it is the service in the temple. There's a lot of things that come along with being the firstborn, okay, in Jewish law. So the, it seems like Esau, at that time when he was selling it, didn't realize what he was selling. He didn't realize the product he was selling. <coughs> He assumed that it had all these, all these uh, had no use for it. It was worthless. Now it turns out okay, that, it, that it really had a lot of worth. Okay? So this would be, let's say, comparable in business ethics. Let's say I'm selling you a lottery ticket um, and not realizing that it's a winning number okay? or something like that. So I didn't realize uh, a more classical case might be I'm selling you a stamp or a coin, which I think really has no value. You know, has little value. And it turns out this is a major collector's item. Okay, so at that point, basically, according to Jewish law, you know, it's technically I was right. There was a mistaken sale here. He didn't realize the the uh, worth of what he was selling. He sold it to him undervalued. So that's called a mistaken sale. If he wouldn't have known at the time, just like we're saying, it w- works both ways. Just like with defects, they sell you something with an existing defect, and, I, and right, so then it's an, it's an invalid sale. It's a mistaken sale, and retroactively, the sale is void. Same thing works the other way. If I sell you something that inherently... I didn't realize how much it was worth, and therefore I undervalued it. I sold to be at that price. It's two different cases, true, but technically it should have the same law. It's a mistaken sale. If, if the seller was not aware either of a defect or of the great value of this item when he sold it, why? So we're saying technically it's a mistaken sale. Either way. From if in, in the case of a defect obviously it's from the buyer's viewpoint, it was a mistaken sale because because it had a defect that I wasn't aware of at the time, I wouldn't have bought this item. And the same thing with the seller. If I wasn't aware at the time of the value of the item I'm selling you, right, if I would have been aware, I wouldn't have sold it at that price. <coughs> it's a mistake and sale. you right. It's two different, two different cases. So that's the question here. Well, I mean,
3: what, like, um, I guess he sold his birthright, but, like, how do you sell, like, how can you sell, like, something that it's, like, are you, can you even sell a birthright? That's like my That's a different question. question. Yeah, but, that's like, very, so. Okay.
1: Maybe that's what he said. I mean he was like, it's not like he was a mistake he meaning he tricked me because I can't really sell a spiritual like how I don't object. know
3: spirit but like birthright to me is like, you know, I don't know, rights it's like it's it's right, even right your first party. born you or you're right not right not to vote right. yeah. <laughs> like, you can't know, sell I mean constitutional depends which party all the time. Like, depends which
1: party boom. Yeah. Because it's like
3: But if you don't know the value I mean why is <laughs> it if I don't know the value of something, <clears> why is it the other person's fault to engage in that deal? Like she, right. What happens if I say Listen You know your birth Your birth you as were, a
1: buyer Or the seller I'm,
3: a, I'm the seller I have that I have this gold coin That I think is worth $5 so I'm selling it to you You know it's worth 10 And you say You know it's I'm, Like You do the deal But like Why is it your fault
1: Whose fault You the seller
3: Why is it or your fault Why is it your fault that.
1: well, that's, Why is that's it your obligation fault, To inform him That it's
2: how, worth how, more How much is well, How valuable this sample. thing is
1: Well I don't know If it's your obligation But If you don't And It's we find but out that later. What we're saying is. It so you. know, it's any sale, and I believe this is true in Western law any sale that's based on false terms. You know, it's like, <laughs> we make up a contract, but the, some of the, the terms in the contract were wrong or false. So you know, it's the assumption, you know, it's as if there's certain assumptions in a in a transaction, and then le- later at a later point, yeah, we a, realize that's 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 ter- the terms you, were wrong. You,
0: you, you can reform mistakes. But that's a mis- You know, let's say I, I sold you was valued for, for a, a $30 point. and somebody inserted a zero in there, and it's 300. That's just a mistake, you're reforming mm-hmm. a mistake. That's not the same as correcting a sale that turned out badly.
2: Well, no, it's not a, the sale turned out badly, it's you it sold is, it something, is, it is. no, it's not, didn't turn out badly, because you meant to sell it for $5, Okay. so it's not a bad sale on your part. You no, no but it, it was meaning it you
1: didn't realize that's the, the that's
0: value of that, yeah. in which
1: it's case? Either in the in reforming
0: places. a mistake is that th- there's two areas. Reforming a mistake is just that it's a mistake. We wrote three hundred. We all we right. all, a, the, all the backup shows reason. that it should have been third. That's just a mistake. Okay. It happens right. all the time. That's possible too. Th- that's easy to do. The other part is fraudulent. Somebody knowingly misrepresents on one side or the other. And right. Those can that's be set aside. that's not
1: even the question. We're not even right. we're saying, even if it's not fraudulent. I mean, even if the I, seller wasn't aware. So, you're right. There's
0: no, no, ground, no grounds of Western law. Right. Yeah, so, this
1: side. is where I, I think, think there's a big contrast.
0: As there was no duress and there was no fraud, and the people came forward and said, you know, I, I want to pay you $500 for that picture on the wall, and they're right, So, this, okay, so this is where I, I think there's going to be a big 000.
1: contrast between Western law and Jewish law in this case. Mm-hmm. And Jewish law is going to say, if, even if there was no fraud, the issue is not fraud. The issue is if I'm buying an item and it's being presented as item A. And it happens to be, it's not an item, it means it's different. Let's go back, let's go to the Kia case for a second. Right, so they're selling a car, advertising. This is a car which will get great mileage. Okay, so let's say I'm, I'm one of these, I, I want to, getting about the money aspect, uh, even just, I'm someone who wants to drive a car, which is the best, best for the environment. Okay, so I want a car that's going to get 40 miles a day. <coughs> right, it's not even the money issues, right? So I thought I was buying this item. Okay, and now this is not an item, this is not a car that's safe for the environment. It's not, a, it's not an ecological safe car, so to speak. So, therefore, I bought the sales inval- in Jewish law. The sales void retroactively because this wasn't the item I meant to purchase. <coughs> it was. It was. Forget about fraud. even? They didn't know. They're claiming to, and, and that's to be seen. But key is claiming they didn't. They didn't know that. They didn't know that what they were presenting was wrong. But even if, if they what we're saying is in Jewish law, even if they didn't know, they were uh, they were presenting this item it as an ecologically sound car, and it's not. Only gets 27 miles per hour as opposed to, to 33, right? Okay, no, yeah.
5: but to get into a, not to see you jumping up now. I mean, if you're talking about, um, I we're talking about the case where maybe it's only a 3% difference, right?
1: The whole, by the way, seven. Kia is not, the, old, the whole sale of the Kia is based on the mileage. You only, you only buy Kia, no <laughs> one's buying it for its, <laughs> for its quality or value. I mean, even Kia is, right? <laughs> Exactly. You're Not buying for luxury. Why are you buying a Kia? Because you can't afford a real car, and this is and this is a car which gets great gas. That that is what a Kia is about. That's no, that's the whole essence I of a Kia. Kia. And besides, no. and the ten-year warranty, price. Price. the price. So you and you buy another car, You
5: yeah, yeah. yeah. buy a smart car, you just Right. Exactly. Okay, yeah. but. In this case, but if you can use the same, if you can have, it, let's say, you have I think some guy right. out of San Francisco uh, is going to come up and say, you know, I really want yeah. yeah, to buy something to save the planet, all right, 2% on gas miles is not going to make a difference right. in the planet. Uh, uh, light, no,
1: first of all, it's more. They're, they're, tanks, they're saying that 3%, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot more to the story. But, but even 3%, that's a big difference. 3% is, is a big difference. No, they're saying this woman's claiming she's losing $45,000 a month. Because yep. okay.
3: w- so it's, it's a money issue. issue. It a money no, issue. that's
1: a separate issue. Yeah. <laughs> I, w-
3: I, went, I went on to your sheet. This is not a defect of any significant <laughs> hairline scratch on the bottom of the silver cup. This oh, is yeah, close. right.
1: So that's true. So we're going to get to that. And if it's an ins- insignificant thing, mm-hmm. like a hairline scratch on, a, on an item, that's, they will see. But I don't think 3% is not insignificant. In my book, mm-hmm. it depends Maybe it's subjected to the to the purchase. So the point is, so getting uh, just going back here for a second to the parsha, I don't, I couldn't find anyone who discusses it relevant to the story, Issa and Jacob. Actually, this question, of uh, your question, you do discuss of how can we sell it. But in general, but the question is, was there, was this a mistaken sale? Was this a valid sale or not? Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, meaning if I didn't realize the worth of something, that case is discussed as we will see in the Shulhan Arukh, in code of Jewish law, whether I, if I sold something not realizing the worth of the item. And it was I valued it much less because I didn't realize it. That would be grounds for a, what's called a mekhertos. Obviously, there's this criteria, and it is very different than Western law. Um, but the point is, so how does that work in the parish? I don't know. I don't have an answer. That's up for discussion. But l- let's go back to the kia uh, to our case here. So, so just some of the guidelines. So, so again, the first thing is you're right off the bat. This concept is very different than Western law. Western law usually the the concept is caveat emptor, which means is everything the the obligations on the buyer. Responsibilities on the buyer as opposed to the seller. Obviously, again, fraud is fraud if you're representing right. something. Also, in real estate, you have an obligation to disclose any defect. If, assuming well, you knew about the defect whoa, whoa, whoa. and you didn't disclose whoa, whoa. it, but in, in the, when, at least in residential sale. <laughs> yeah, not in commercial. No, oh, okay. Commercial. It's so a good point. It's yeah, a
0: very important point. So you say you can say what the a, law is. As is, where is, all bold. Oh, and you, you can do if you <laughs> put the law as is statement. And, and well, let's say
1: you don't put the as is statement in and uh, what's the law.
0: Uh, unless you've made some representations to the contrary, you, you it's an as is where is that's assumption.
1: That's a given. So you're saying commercial real estate is it's the assumption is as is residential, you're oblig- if you're aware of a defect in the home again, you're obligated you can, to disclose
0: you it. Know, again you can't hide uh. or, or try to mislead somebody. So if the, Can't say if the pipes are if, all if the, if the walls have cracks in them before somebody comes out you know you, you plaster, plaster them, them over oh, talking to about fool that. somebody that that's fraud short mm-hmm. of fraud it's as okay. is where is and you give a buyer you know right, so we're going to discuss
1: as is in a second also but in 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 Texas law we know that right, if you're selling a home you need to dis- any defects you're aware of have to be disclosed to the seller if that's you do correct. if you don't what
0: nothing that <laughs> is that true no that's
1: true okay and, uh, I I know that's true and if you don't disclose them, right, that's now again I don't think the law is in, in if I remember correctly and correct me if I'm wrong, Texas law if you didn't disclose them and let's say they're found later, still doesn't void the sale. It only damages, damages and you have to pay the damage. Just to pay for them. Again, in, in Jewish law it would void the sale retroactive. Mm. The sale would be null and void and you can give get back your money. In West, in Texas law it's not true. So now if you as we're saying, so number three, the onus is always on the seller to disclose any defect in the <coughs> item with a specific disclosure. Um, the exception is, and that's what we just pointed out here: if something is obvious. Okay, so if I'm selling a car, or I'm selling a home, and there's clearly cracks. If I didn't disclose them, the assumption is you see them. I mean, they're obvious defects. I don't have to explicitly say them out. They're very clear, um, very clear defects. If I'm selling a car and there's dents in the car, that's a clear defect. So that in Jewish law, also obviously you wouldn't have to disclose those. Or, like we're saying, if it's not a, a, a defect of significance, so let's say there's a hairline scratch on the, on, on the car, okay? Or, in my example, there's a silver cup, so that's also something. If it's something that's irrelevant to the sale, again, th- what nullifies and what voids the sale is the fact that the seller, the buyer can claim, I wouldn't have, knowing this fact now, I wouldn't have made, bought, bought decided. Okay? I wouldn't have bought the car knowing this <coughs> fact. If I know, knew the odometer was rolled back, I wouldn't have bought the car. Okay, um, so, so that's, where, that's where it's applicable. So obviously what we're saying is something that's insignificant, an insignificant defect, then you can't make that claim. Okay, so I don't, th- again, 3% on IKEA, is a, I think is pretty significant. It's not insignificant. You can argue, you know, again, where do you draw the line? How do you define it? Mean, I mean, insignific-
5: on one issue here, one major factor here in regards to the buyer beware, Anyways, you really can not go out and test this. Thing. The, the buyer is at a, at a, at a mercy here mm-hmm. in regards to testing the mileage on the car. Only mm. once they in
1: buy it
2: can
3: they test it in, in advance. Right. Yes,
0: but I also In advance, three three okay. percent is three percent of forty miles is one mile per gallon. So That's a pretty minor.
1: Again, so depends for, who, depends for who, and I think, and I think this is, and this is what they talk about here in, in the articles that. The whole Kia, the whole <coughs> sales is based on the mileage. Mo- uh, it's the only reason people are buying it, because it's, uh, it's a great car for for its quality, meaning for for the amount of mileage you get. But you can't get another car like that. The old numbers, with the real with the numbers, well, but the examples as, you gave, you buy an electric, examples you know, uh, gave Prius
0: were consequential. You gave examples of 22 miles on 40. Three percent is one point two miles. So that's
1: story. the thing. So I think so that, the story's not over yet. I Meaning they're claiming three percent overall. I mean the average so three he percent. Is he claiming he that. is claiming it. Was I think. there's going to be a lot more to the story. There's going to be the numbers are going to be based on these other give, it articles. It's numbers are going to be 3%. more. It right. is more. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying based on these. In this, this article in the Times well, and what the owners yeah, are saying.
3: He's a, he's a consumer advocate.
5: <laughs> you know, yeah, one touche. One I point shouldn't have been speaking every, Okay, if the government tested and said, uh, Kia, you're lying, okay, it's one issue. But I think every car magazine you ever read is going to say you're never, in real life, you're never going to achieve those numbers, on that sticker. So that's a good point.
1: Right. So you're meaning if everyone knows and, that, and mm-hmm. you're never going to achieve those numbers. If everybody,
5: if
4: everybody knows. Right. I have an example. I, I did it myself. I I drove to Colorado a few months back, and I looked at the EPA uh, mileage per gallon, and it was twenty five miles per <coughs> gallon on the highway. Okay. What a match? Was right, correct. Okay? And that's and that's at sixty five miles an hour. Okay. Uh, you know, flat surface. That's what not going up hills. Okay. I got twenty four point six eight miles to the gallon. Sounds good. So that's the AC on, eighty miles an hour down oh. the highway. So that's pretty good. I, I do believe that those numbers are attainable, you know. Um, so you know, in my opinion. So
1: I think it depends on the car. My, yeah, I have a super. Yeah, it depends on a lot of factors. The, factors. You know, it depends doesn't on mean the matter, what they
4: claim. Because the, <coughs> you know,
1: you know, yeah,
3: so the faster
4: you go. It depends on a lot of things. So many factors, it's true. Well, the faster you go, you're. You know the drag on your vehicle. Okay, but, but here Kia has acknowledged that their yeah. numbers are wrong. But, but so yeah, but it's uh, three. It's three percent, though. I mean,
5: yeah.
3: but even, so even you if, if, you. if you go, even if you go, let, just look at it. Like, Kia has a million mile life. Let's say, I mean, no one's driving a Kia for over a million miles. And like, if you take, let's say, not three percent, like twenty percent, what's twenty percent of a million. That's that's how many miles are off. That, when you break it down, miles per gallon. What are you off, like? $1,000 over the that's life? It's 200,000
4: miles, so if your car's getting, you know, it's supposed to be getting 40 miles to the gallon, that's what? I mean, I mean look at you're of just your exposure, $5,000. Let's say your exposure
3: is $5,000. Yeah, let's say the whole
1: car costs fifteen. dollars $5,000 is a lot
3: That's
4: right. It's a lot of
1: money. Yeah, but, uh, so you're right. And listen, the, the point, let's... I think three percent is not considered a, a insignificant. Difference. I think three percent is not, but that's arguable. I think uh, based on your tax bracket, three percent <laughs> <is 3%? laughs> it could be uh, makes a difference. But I, the point is, I think there's more than that. Like I was saying, I think many people bought the car because today people, not even the money. It's like it's they're conscious of 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 their of how much fuel the fuel economy of a car, because everyone's trying to lower the fuel economy. That's just the money. It's People are more environmentally... Why the the do so, mm-hmm.
5: They have other the cars that can do of Kia. I don't know if Kia sets the standard. pretty low mileage. Yeah, is no, they claim they, they do. That do. was their
1: claim. Their whole advertising for the last two <coughs> years in their models was we... They're one of the highest out there in MPG. So anyway, okay, so so as far as just what type of defects this would be relevant to. So, so in a certain sense, what we're saying is, what I'm, my point here is that the Kia, is that what they're doing, compensating compensating customers, even with the gas, would not be sufficient in Jewish law. Um, so what
4: do you have to do, buy back all the cars? No, there, the meaning everyone void.
1: should have a right, to according to Jewish law, the sale would be retroactively void, void and therefore everyone could return the car if <laughs> they so choose. I will see, it's not, not so simple, but, but in essence, that was, that's what we're saying, based on this halacha, based on this concept of mekachto which means it's a mistaken sale, that means I sold you something which if you would have known at the time, that's really the question. If the seller, at the, if the buyer at the time <coughs> says he wouldn't have bought the car knowing it was only 35 <coughs> miles so per gallon void. instead of 40.
0: They're not, they're not really void, but they would be voidable. Yes. Yeah. Meaning yeah. so the buyer could come in and it say... It would be the
1: buyer's prerogative. Exactly. I want avoid it. So uh, now
0: mm-hmm. how does Jewish law treat, well you used it for three oh, years. Okay, so we'll get to that. So you we'll get the usage. So
1: we'll get to that. So first of all, um, if you is there a
0: statute of limitations? There? Look
1: at number six. No, so yeah, we're going to talk to about bucket, it. Please. So look at number uh, six. a very good a,
0: question. Unju- you can't have unjust enrichment. And that's
1: that's a, that's the cool, good question also. What's the statute of limitations here? So look at number six. Okay, number number six? First of all, is we're saying if it's a repairable okay. defect. So let's say I sold you something <clears> with a defect, <throat> and now you come back and say, has this defect? Whether again, it was irrelevant you were aware of it at the time of sale or not. So if it's repairable, if they offer, so for example, if you remember a few years back, and we, I think we did, I'm not sure if we discussed it mm-hmm. here, when the Toyota had a recall on their, because of the brakes. The brakes so yeah. over there, what Toyota did was, according to Allah was proper. They came back in, they fixed your brakes, so the sale's not null mal- and void. I mean, even though the defect existed at the time of sale, but since they're, they're saying we're going to repair the item for you, so over there in that scenario, in that context, the sale is not going to avoid. That's what the Shokhanach says. If the item can be repaired, the seller offers to do so, the buyer cannot avoid the sale. Isn't okay? that like Western
2: law with the damages?
1: No. So it's different because over here, we're not repairing, um, Kia is not repairing the defect. They're saying we're going to compensate you for your lost gas mileage. But again, if I thought I was buying this eco-friendly car, you're not, it's still not an eco-friendly car. Very nice you're paying me for the gas. But they I wanted to, to buy an eco-friendly it. car. You're not fixing the the, the, defect. the defect. is before it, the defect is. It's getting less miles per gallon than, than it was advertised. So the defect is not being fixed here. So even if they offer, if they would say we're going to put some catalytic converter in or whatever, I'm not sure if that's the right piece, but that would fix the the gas mileage. That would lower the gas mileage, and that would be fine. Then the sale can't be known. Then the, comp- the compensation with that fixing the defect would be correct. But According to Allah, we're saying in this case they're not offering to fix the defect. Toyota was offering to fix the defect, and therefore, in that context, the sale is not null and void. Well, there it might have been a different question because there was people dying in car accidents. How that works, That's a, that was a whole different issue. But as far as monetary damages, there was, as far as the tort law involved, forgetting about people's lives in danger, which was with Toyota, the tort law tells you they're offering to fix the defect, assuming they're giving you a car while you're taking it into the shop. I think they were, so then they're fine. So then, technically, did they, according to halacha, they fulfilled their obligation to the sales, not null and void. But here, they're not offering to do that. So hal- halachically, again, obviously, the law of the land is different, but according to Jewish law, you'd be, you'd be able to nullify the sale. Okay, now, now getting to your question of time frame and, and also to your question of what about how much you drove the car, okay? And what about for the time I used the car for three <coughs> days? Now, how does that work? So first, thing, as far as time frame is, so technically speaking, which is a very s- scary thing the halacha says there is no time frame meaning whatever point I can be driving this car for 15 years and then I find there's a defect after 15 years I can still go back and notify the seller so there is no time frame there is no statute of limitations but but what it says if you look at number 8 it says there is no time limit for, um, for the defect but whenever the defect becomes apparent you must notify the seller as soon as possible so that means if I continued once let's say I read this article about Kia um, in this case, and I now go ahead and, and uh, continue to drive the car, so I forfeited my, my ability to, to claim that the sale is void, claims of it was a mistaken sale, because once I continued um, using that car, okay, we'll get, we'll get to the compensation part in a second, but once I continue using that item, I sort of show that I I'm okay with the I'm okay with it, okay? So you know, it's meaning if I didn't go into the dealership, and claim that this was there's something wrong, there's a defect there, I continue to use it for another X amount of time, um, then I sort of, in, in essence, I'm saying, is I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to declare the defect and tell the, the seller as soon as possible about the defect. Once I'm aware of it. If I wasn't aware of it, so there's no statute of limitation. But as soon as I'm made aware of the defect, I have to go and let them know. Meaning, if I didn't go and let them know, says the Shekhan then you forfeited your right to claim a defect, because obviously you're okay with it, the fact that you continue to use it. Okay?
3: Wait, some that, I mean, that can't be so clear. Like, you're saying, like, is my like, I got to get to work. It doesn't mean work. the second, you know, that I day. Know, like, like, I, I, I got to get to work. It's really, I just don't want to spend right, the money. Right.
1: So, that's, so that's for example, I just had this recently. I'm not going to say the name of the business, one of these national brake uh, places where, you know, I fix my brakes there. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> I say, I don't want to, we're being taped. I don't want to uh, align any company. get a loss. But the point is, this, I didn't. you know, after I left, Nearly after I left, it was squeaking, you know, but uh, they did all, everything, you know, I knew everything. But I didn't, I just didn't have time, it's been a month now, I haven't had time, literally to go back. I should have gone back the next day. Yeah. So now I'm going to come back in a month later, they're going to say, hey, you know, it's a month afterwards. I think I might have a lifetime anyway, but I never know if these places claim you have a lifetime. The point is right, so I just didn't have time to do that. So that, assuming you could prove that, you know, maybe yes. I'm saying, really, what we're saying is once you're aware of the defect, you have to go in immediately. The fact that you continue to drive it, or whatever the, the item is, shows that you're okay with the defect. It doesn't bother you. you know, again, because the whole, the basis for voiding the sale is the fact that you're claiming if I would have been aware of the, of the defect during at the sale, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have bought this item. Okay? So if you continue to use it, and, and don't say anything, so obviously it doesn't bother you. Okay, now, as far as David's question, which was what, what, now what about the compensation now let's say we go back to Kia and I claim I want a new car okay, or I, I want the sale to be void okay, right, I don't want a new car but I want the sales void now I've been using this car for the last three years okay, you're right I wasn't aware of the defect now I'm aware of the defect I want to void the sale so technically what we're saying <coughs> is retroactively the sale is void okay. now that means it wasn't my car for the last three years so I need to compensate Kia now for driving the car for three years they can charge me rent on the car, because it wasn't, it was never my car. Or well, whatever the item was, it was not limited to Kia. Whatever the item was, I bought an item, three years later I find the defect, and now I, I say, I want to return it. And we have the right, You're saying you have the right to do that. But now it's their item, that means they, it was never sold to you, retroactively. So you're right, uh, Allah mm-hmm. says you they can charge you rent okay. for that time, so if you go back to Kia, you might be able, according to Jewish law, nullify the sale, but you have to pay, they can charge you rent for three years. <laughs> you know what their pray. <laughs> they can, as long as, I mean, obviously, oh, so, 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 you're right, so there is, because in a certain sense, it's unfair to the seller. people might claim, well, the, you know, if the seller wasn't aware of it, why well, is it his fault, so you're right, it's not a question of fault, but everyone has to be compensating, in that sense, the, the sale's void, but, but you have to compensate here for you're using the car, um,
3: okay, so just, can, can you, can you give up your right to, like, Let's say, let's say I would buy something from you and I would say I, w- I want that I want whatever you're selling and if there's a defect there's a defect and I just I, I oh even can you it do as is yeah like you as put as it in a contract we, we, we just agree Sorry. upon it like so
1: what's interesting is so halacha I didn't, I didn't really I don't think I discussed it here but they do halacha in a certain sense does not allow it as is meaning depending on what it is obviously again if it's a minor defect or something but if it's something really serious even if you sign an as is contract if it's a real defect, mm-hmm. um, a serious defect, the halacha will, will not recognize it as easy. Okay? How about to the...
0: Flipping houses. Well, how about to the question of oh. valuations, which, you know, you and I have a discussion, and you want to sell it to me for 100 and you need the $100. And I and I say to you, look, I think this is worth a lot. You're the seller. I'm the buyer. You're the buyer, okay. You tell me, but I need 100 bucks, and I need it today. Yes, And I say, look, I, I think it's worth... You know, I think you give $200. I think it's worth $200. You're saying,
1: again, but I'm, only bu- gonna,
3: I'm the buyer. buyer I'm
1: saying buyer. it's worth $200. <laughs> ag- yeah. you are agreeing it's worth $200. It, it,
3: it's worth $200. You're, and, more. and you're disclosing that to Basically me. Basically, it's like a pawn shop. You're going right. to go to a pawn shop. Right. I'm going right. to give him my Rolex. He's going to give me 100 bucks. It's worth $10,000. But I need that $100 to pay my rent. Mm-hmm. But okay,
1: so so we that is a different well, question, we in which we discussed back that
3: right?
5: last week.
0: We
1: discussed that in the past. There's something called a uh, no, which means you can't. If you disclose, then I mean you can't charge more than Well, but six.
0: that's back to the valuation issue—that you can't buy something where you know yeah, valuation. right. Exactly.
1: So that's a val- right So that's not really this decision. That's a valuation. Well, coming but coming to
0: his question, which is: I mean, if we agree. Right. So over there, if you agree, no.
1: So over there, if you agree, so we said it couldn't. Because we're agreeing that, that this is the price and I'm tra- overcharging. It? So why can't or we it? If, if well,
0: it's
2: like a flipping a house when you buy it, you are aware of the defects and you want that because you want to buy a cheap so house. So
1: again, if you're flipping. aware of a specific defect, so that's disclosing. And there was disclosure. The question was, but there was no disclosure. Okay? And no, I'm not aware, I wasn't said, aware of the defect. You said, if there's disclosure, policy, it's not a question. No. no, I'm saying if I tell you, listen, it has, the pipes are bad, you have to change the pipes. And then obviously you agree to that. Sale, that's I buy it as is. Right, <coughs> that's clearly fine. But let's say when you're not aware of the defect. And you're saying, whatever, I don't care, as uh, is, I'm okay. buying it as is, whatever defect okay. there is. And then it turns out there's this major defect. That okay. In that case, we're saying it all can right. still void the sale. Okay, that's what we're saying, it still voids. Well,
0: back to the, the valuation issue.
1: I mean, it's, that's a whole different topic. But okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought
0: that's where we started with <laughs> it. No.
1: What do you mean, valuation? With
0: the valuations issue.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's what you mean, valuation. I was talking about. You know, we discussed you can't charge or undercharge or undercharge more than six of the value, you know that that's a whole different topic. Mm. But you're right. right. So, pawn pawnshop is not okay. No, it's okay because again okay, the person right, knows realizes the value of the piece. item as long as in that scenario that's the n- pawnshop. You know you're getting something for for either cheap much cheaper, and the guy but knows. The
5: sense of so I have access to people. Let's um, uh, say a, tra- a collectible. I mean that's probably the best example. You, you just need for hundred bucks. I have access to people I know will pay five hundred bucks for it, but you don't have access to them. So you're, said, yeah, if, you're said if the price is disclosed,
1: no, I'm saying yeah. if it's disclosed, <coughs> that it's really more valuable. David's oh, case, right. we're right, meaning bucks. right. This is really the value. This is much more. That's something deal. Okay. Then it
2: would be valuable.
1: No. No. In no. the case where disclose, if you did not can disclose, yes. dollars not disclose, price. yes. Okay. Um, so just some of the other things that it's relevant to is mechanical defects. Um, it's not a, It's not limited to mechanical defense, I just want to go through some of this is prohibitions. That means, let's say this thing, according to Jewish, let's say, I'm selling you non-kosher meat, okay? Um, I tell you it's kosher, besides the fraud, event, if I'm presenting it wrong, but we're saying even if not, let's say, it's uh, Arlov, there's something called, like, the first three years of a tree, or it's something that, that you can't benefit from. There's nothing inherently effective, it's just a spiritual defect. As the Torah says, you can't use this, you can't benefit from this for whatever reason. Okay, that would also be, and the, and the buyer wasn't aware of that, okay, that would be considered, again, a mistaken sale. Size um, um, would be, let's say, um, I guess the example would be, let's say I'm selling you something the wrong numbers. Like we talk, spoke about the case where um, the ice cream, remember the ice cream case? This woman, uh, there was a couple here in East there was an ice cream shop. The scale was off, okay? So they were selling this this ice cream you know, let's say, whatever, you know, 30 ounces, and, and was really 20 ounces. Okay, people didn't realize it. Okay, so that would be a case of mistaken sales. Technically, the sale was void. Obviously, they ate the ice cream. The way. Um, there's no way they can't really avoid the sale. They can compensate, which is what they did. Um, in that case, the, the, the law we discussed there in that case, was they compensated, they, they advertised free ice cream to everyone had bought between these and this and this time. Once they realized their scales were off, they advertise in the paper that you can come in for free ice cream. Okay, so, so they couldn't avoid the sale at that point because everyone ate their ice cream. Everyone had their ice cream a month later. Okay, title, meaning, for example, let's say I sell a car, this has happened to me, unfortunately, where the title, there's no, you find that after you buy a car. You know, it's a great car, you're happy with the car, but there's no title, you can't register. The guy lost the title, you can't find it. and you, Or the title is someone else's name, and there's some problem with the title. So even though the, the item you bought was a good item, there's, nothing, there's no defect in the item, in the product, in the car, but there's a problem with the title. So that would be enough of a defect that you can mistake, avoid the sale. Or another case that someone once spoke to me about was that you buy software and, you know, comes with all these, you didn't realize it's for an organiz- only f- to be used for non-profits. You're a profit organization, something like that, where there's a licensing agreement within the software you weren't aware of at the time of the sale. That's also, there's no defect in the item. The Software is fine. But now you want to use the software for your business and you uh, legally can't use that software, okay? So that would be also, again, considered enough of a, of a, of a defect that it's mistaken sale. okay? So no, it doesn't have to be something within the item itself, okay? Now, some other cases, just, just, uh, this was a case I found, actually, this was a case brought to court to the Rabbanud in Israel. And it and added, was a case where a guy sold someone a lot, uh, Guy had bought ten lottery tickets. It's a real case that happened, and uh, he sold he sold someone one of the lottery tickets, um, not realizing that it was actually the the, the when he sold it the it was, the winner was chosen already, and he sold him a winning ticket. Okay, but the lottery was drawn already at the time of the sale, and he sold this guy a winning ticket. So now he <laughs> took him to court. Yeah. He took the buyer to court, saying, "Listen, I didn't sell you. If I, when I sold you, I didn't realize the lot It happened already, oh, yeah. and I didn't realize it was a winning ticket. I would have known that. I wouldn't have made the sale." I was selling you a piece of paper, uh, you know, a lot of with numbers on it.
5: that's
2: crap. Because right. then what you're saying is, I'm selling you this lottery ticket, and you're hoping it's a winner. But as if it is, no, I'm yeah. saying, of course. no, I mean, if the winner, it, I get it back.
1: No, no, that's yeah. no, not what he's saying. <laughs> if he sold it before the lottery drew, of course it would belong to that guy.
0: That's not the question. The question is, he didn't realize was already drunk. What did the court say?
1: So I'm trying to it, have it, have it, have it, have it. Like,
2: I'm selling it saying well I'm selling it to you but I hope you lose because the minute you win well I didn't know you were going to win so I is the case.
1: this is the case Ruben purchased 10 lottery tickets a week before drawing before the drawing the reward for the winning tickets, is an expensive automobile in this case after a week Ruben meets his friend in the street and he told him about the upcoming lottery so he says what do you think about selling one of your 10 tickets so Ruben agreed without hesitation sold his friend a ticket as luck would have it um, he sold the winning ticket uh, Shimon's joys knew, bu- knew no bounds as it turns out the purchase of the ticket by, by S took place an hour after the drawing the ticket that R sold to his friend had already been drawn before the sale yeah. Ruben had aired in thinking that the drawing was set to take place an hour later now R is claiming that the sale is null and void I sold you a ticket, quote, I sold you a ticket not an automobile, meaning in essence he's saying I sold you a ticket, a piece of paper really what I sold you now I found out is an automobile because you, you had won already Ticket had not you had one, the ticket at one. So he claims that he had so he too had no idea when the drawing was set to take place. And if Reuven was unaware of the timing that his problem that his problem, not Shimon's that's his problem, not Shimon's. He's right. Okay. So Well that's a
3: little different. Not, I mean that's not like Powerball. I was thinking more like Powerball Lotto. That's the difference. He, uh, so, so, was, same. You well no, because idea? like like this is like he's I'm thinking the guy he has lottery tickets, he could've checked the numbers. This guy could he didn't even know, like Lottery, you know when the, the drawing is going to be. Like Saturday night at 10 o'clock, that You should have 9.59. Uh-huh. But like this is like, you know, it could have been a fundraiser, you know. They're, oh, let's do it an hour early because uh, the food's getting cold. Like, you know. like. That. Okay, so
1: what? But you're saying? You're saying in the case, there's a set time, so then you, then, <coughs> then you should have checked that. out. It would be the seller's fault. He should have, it, it was his error. So no,
5: I would say that Ruben mm-hmm. has c- had the potential to commit fraud by selling a
1: ticket that was sold after the law. Right.
5: Because he would have known to he goes both ways.
1: Okay. So the, the, I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> so
2: wait, so if he had sold him a losing ticket, could the guy sue him and be like, listen, you sold me this losing ticket? Yeah, so I right. want the money
1: back. Probably. I the ticket I, for it's him. a good point. Meaning, I think you both have valid points. Meaning, if he had sold, let's say the lottery is drawn in, he sold him a ticket, then and it's, also, it's also grounds for, for not to avoid the sale. Because I basically bought a, <laughs> <laughs> a ticket that's worthless. Right. Right. right, so you're right, it goes both ways. So
2: whoever unhappy gets their, their
4: ticket back. Um, and not, not guaranteed to win. No, I understand
1: that, but you the win. question is, what did you sell me? Did you sell me? So what is the court? It didn't, doesn't say. Doesn't doesn't say. say. <laughs> <laughs> just
3: uh, okay. Just take out of it. <laughs> yeah.
4: okay. He's still in
1: that. Uh, um. Then maybe it's still on Sure, I ticket. around
4: I'm sure the guy that the ticket,
2: he
1: Um. Again, again, based on what I'm understanding here, I think. I mean, based on what we're saying, it's similar. We once discussed this case in the past. Like I sold you wheat, um, thinking based on this the price. 'Cause there was no weed in town. It turns out meanwhile there's three ships and then we'll discuss this case. Um, so I, I think it's similar to that. Meaning again, a mistaken sale, I can nullify the sale. If I thought the terms were X and it turns out the terms were wrong, and that's a mistaken sale. I think the seller here would have the right to nullify the sale because he really thought he was selling him a lottery ticket. He wasn't at, at this point the lottery ticket was a claim to a was a car. Basically he was selling him a car. I think the guy has a valid I a valid think claim.
0: So yes, I'm
1: selling you a car. At this point, once the lottery is drawn, I'm no longer selling you a lottery ticket. I'm now selling you a a basically but a title to a
2: car. But I think the contra- understanding a title for to a both car. of them was if well, the t- if this ticket this wins, point. I get yes, the
1: car. Yes, but it, but that's before the ticket won. Now I'm not selling, no selling really you a lottery ticket. I'm selling you a car mm-hmm. and I, for let's the wrong price, for, for a buck.
5: Okay, but let's forget, he, let's forget this is a winning ticket. <laughs> Basically, the seller has the responsibility to disclose a defect. So a ticket sold after the after the uh, lottery is drawn is a defective of lottery ticket.
1: So you're saying it's not, in either case it'd be void. So that's I sold no, the seller.
5: am saying void void really really that's,
2: like <laughs> no, I'm saying so
1: that's also void. void. So either way it would be void. Right. Yeah, actually, so no then no. The no.
5: sellers
0: gonna win in each. The big difference between being void and voidable. Void. Yeah, avoidable one, and I think that would. Oh, you you're, so you're the saying avoidable at the buyer? Well, oh, okay. okay.
5: Buyer's you, used you asked him earlier about avoidable. Right. Yeah, it's avoidable sale, not avoided. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And so, I I correct, myself. Yeah. Big so it's big 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 a good point. So so right. So it's the
1: prerogative buy- of the yeah, buyer. He's so saying the buyer gets the oh, buyer's prerogative to buy. Right. So no, but in this case, right? In this case, the the seller's claiming it's my price. Right, right, I agree, know, maybe.
2: because he's the one who could have been screwed out of it by the lottery having already taken place, so it makes it voidable, not voided. Right. So okay. he could choose void and give
5: back to
1: that. Yes, uh, Yeah. it's over, but we can okay. we can okay. talk okay. about the, it. Hang uh, on second, is there, so the cards? I'm going to get uh,
4: uh, yeah,
1: Is there All right, so Marks the question, what's the answer? No, so it's all the answers right there. So meaning, meaning there, there's the question is if I tell a customer the whole story. Meaning, obviously, as a sales, if you're in sales, this is not a good law because you can you can never disclose every <laughs> defect in item. You'll never sell something, right? If right. I'm a used car salesman, I can disclose <laughs> every defect. I'm <laughs> never going to sell a car, right? So but, okay, it?
5: but yeah, but it says here on the, the bottom, seller uh, does not does have the right to present present one characteristic of uh, in a flattering right. way. So right. let's say he says withholding, he's withholding, he's not saying so depending no on the defects, he's just he just didn't say anything yet, because the, the question didn't pop up yet, the guy just
1: wants to see the building. So again, so depending, minor defects, minor defects you don't have to disclose clearly, any major defects need to be disclosed, but like, but like, there's also something which I skipped there, which is prevailing customs, if you look at number five, it says all existing properties have some level where, like, okay, that's minor again, but I saw... For example, when you sell property, it's assumed there's going to be certain defects in any real estate, unless it's a brand new building. If you're selling any used property, there's automatically defects in the property, and therefore, there's certain things you can assume that that really no. there's going to be defects, I and mean, it's on the seller. No, the, seller. the buyer needs to be made aware. Needs to, needs to do the investigation. Okay. Meaning, for example, I'll just tell you today, and I think we mentioned this here in the past. When you're selling a building, it's assumed that you're going to bring in uh, what's the, like a. Uh, Ryan Miller, what does he do? An, an appraiser? Appraiser. Appraiser. appraiser, appraiser, or or more than that, an inspector. Mm-hmm. What's well, the word? The guy who property comes
0: inspector. in this is, this is Right.
1: Inspectors. So the guy that's assumed in every you're not doing a, you're not going to do a real estate deal without bringing someone in. Therefore, that yeah. onus is on the buyer. The onus of bringing inspectors on the buyer. If this guy's an idiot, he doesn't bring an inspector in. So obviously, that
5: matters. Well, if there is a major defect, yeah, that's very exactly. Just uh, he has to disclose before closing. All right. But look, the guy c- I call up, I want to see a building. Does it, and yeah, uh, and the
1: phone doesn't tell you off the bat, you know, this building well, has
5: uh, foundation getting, because problems. this point because I might not want. If I knew in advance that this building had asbestos, I would have gone to the effort of hiring a property inspector. I wouldn't just said the heck with it. I wouldn't. I'd okay, but
1: I, right, I don't think you're obligated that at the point of initial sale. It's
5: okay, but what I'm initial is, I'm going back. I'm tying this up with another case in the yeah. sense that we can't, as a shopper, we can't go walk into a store that we have no intent of buying and asking a sh- asking the seller how much that cost how much, that yes. is, it, how much is that doggy in the window. Yes. Okay? And I'm kind of tying this backwards. This should be an obligation on the seller at, in the beginning, mm-hmm. where if I'm, right. if I'm showing an interest, he should come out and no, say... No, again, because you can't
1: then sell, you'll never be able to sell anything. I mean, you can't disclose that, you know, when you're buying a computer, the guy tells you oh, all these problems. Meaning this is the problem, this is what majors, it doesn't have.
5: I'm talking major. This is a wear and tear issue. I'm not worried about the wear and tear issue. But if you've got a major problem... You should, because you are going to, if I'm walking to look at a building, I'm going to spend money before so closing.
1: I, I, yeah, but I think he has a right as a seller, any salesman, whatever you're selling, even big property, you have a right to present the good side. Of it, that's how you sell it. At some, as long as you disclose the major defects prior to sale, you're covered. Well, we, uh, he fulfilled his obligation. Obviously, we don't expect the guy when you call, you know, to put on the sign, a foundation problem. <laughs> you know, obviously, you're not going to put that on the real estate sign or in the advertising. The really the, yeah.
5: to, right?
1: No, you don't well, put. It, you still don't put. it Yeah, okay. It's yeah. Again, residential, but I'm saying we don't expect the seller to advertise the defects. He has a right to try to sell the property as long as prior to but sale. This doesn't care about that. Right, exactly. Saying. That's why. But up
5: front, you, even a front.
1: No, you have a right to make it look shiny and nice. Again, as long as if there's any major defects, you can disclose. Like, like we're saying here, do a paint job before you show a property. That's normal.
2: But you, you have to say, under the paint... Yeah,
1: you might have If there's major foundation problems, you might have to let them know. By the way, there was cracks here. Where, you know, there's... there's Again, if it's normal wear-and-tear hairline cracks, that's fine. But if there's major problems, you need to disclose it prior to the sale. I don't think we're obligated... Or else you can never sell anything. I mean, you have yeah. to have some... Yeah. Rahmanis on the sale. On the no, I know. Um, I'm just trying
5: to tie right. I think be no, like so the
1: two... No, so I'm thing saying I, I don't think that, that, that doesn't... Case. That's a different thing. That's his... Over there, you're, 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 what's called, that's that's called... You're that's stealing
5: the guy's time.
1: Right, exactly. Okay, aren't you No, no, it's not stealing the guy's time. No, that's not the issue. The issue is you're, you're presenting yourself, you're stealing his mind. You're presenting yourself as a buyer when you're really not a buyer. Okay. That's different. That's the point over there. If I come into a store and I'm, all I'm doing is looking to the comparative pricing and I don't plan on buying it here, I plan on buying it online, that's that's what I'm saying. You're not stealing his time. The issue is not his time. The issue is you're presenting yourself as a buyer when you're not. That's the issue. Here, I'm a seller, right? Yes, I'm presenting myself as a seller. I am a seller. Your seller listen, this is the product that everyone knows is puffery when you're selling a product. I'm allowed to so build,
5: that the build up my product. Is gonna have to go, the buyer is going to have to go through a certain amount of time, sweat, equity, and That's part and of buying and, buy and, sell and
1: selling. selling, yes. That's part of buying and selling. That's what I understand. Okay. So, unless Q still happen to make good times.
0: Uh, well, you cited you have been listening to the mp3 project from the jewish ethic institute for a complete selection of our lectures please visit our website at
4: j-ethics.org shalom